Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be so, you're all in. You've been confirmed. You know what you're doing. What happens next? Well, what happens next is we hit the hit the ground running with um, fundraising. I mean, we had garage sales. We had paint parties. We had, I mean, anything and everything that you could imagine. Because we and we had people saying, "Well, if God's going to do this, you can just sit back and He's going to provide nothing. it." Right? Yeah. No, yeah. God does not just hand people things. You have to work for them. We have to have skin in the game. Yeah, he designed us to You got to put your faith and your works together into this. Absolutely. We had to put yeah. feet to yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what happened? We had strangers come to our garage sales and and say, "I'd like to buy this model airplane and here's here's $3." And you open it up and there's another there's like $500 rolled up inside of it. And wow. and people just running away, or or we would be in church, and I'd come home and I'd open my Bible, and there'd be hundred dollar bills stuck in my Bible. People would sneak us money, and there oh, was just, I mean, it was it was just amazing. And about thirty days later, after this happened with um, our son, we got an email from the adoption agency that said, "Hey, um, we don't normally do this, but." The Chinese government has said that we could offer y'all a second child. So we've sent you this file. Bogo. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've sent you this file. You can look at it. And I'm thinking, I don't want to click on that file because there's going to be this beautiful baby oh, on there. 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 And yeah. here I am. Lord, we're not going to make the the dollar amount that we need. You know, I'm wavering in my faith and, and uh, worried. You know how flesh does that. And right. so anyway, we opened the file and he was our son. Yeah. And we just knew. Yeah. I mean, that that was our son. And so here we are expecting a little girl and now God has blessed us with two boys from China. Yeah. Unheard of. Absolutely unheard of. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we just chugged along. We kept on going. We said, that's it. We're, we're you, oh, putting all... Okay. I want to catch something right here. Yeah. You did not shake your fist at God and quit no. and say, you told me a girl, so I'm out. You lied to me, Lord God. You didn't tell me... You told me different, and this is not how it's going. This is where a lot of people would have quit. Mm. And you didn't. Mm-mm. So you went on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then when they had, when they offered us you know, the second... Uh, child, I looked at Josh and I said, you know, if we had gotten pregnant and they said, congratulations, it's twins, I wouldn't say I don't want baby. I don't want the other one. I don't want the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's just not how that works. (laughs) Right. And so so we just kept 
plugging along. And I mean, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears in our, our, our uh, two children that we already had. We had already, um, I mean, they were involved in everything. We had them involved all the way down to the naming process of our kids Wow! because we knew that this was a huge step. We, we could be bringing children who have traumatic and terrible backgrounds and, and the, the trauma that that could bring. And we all wanted everyone to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Well, keep, keep in mind, they were sacrificing just as much as we were. Absolutely. Our, our two biological children. Yeah. They were sacrificing bedroom space. Okay. They were sacrificing time, time. Yeah. with mom and dad. Yeah. You know, they got to share you. It, exactly. And so there we wanted not only for them to be in every moment of the process and have ownership of this process because it's not that okay, look, you don't worry about this, you're too young. Um your your brothers will be home soon and then they show up and literally their whole world gets turned upside down because all of our worlds got turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah, and and but on top of that and I, like I said I'm kind of we're kind of ashamed of the way that we used to think. For instance, we had to do all the fundraising. So boy howdy was I not going to go out to eat because I was going to take every single penny that we had and put it towards the you know the adoption and so that meant that my bio kids got to watch all of their friends have all of these fun things and go on trips with their families and do things like that and we didn't so they're learning sacrifice they're learning yeah. sacrifice yeah they couldn't exactly. they couldn't you know uh participate in organized sports or dance or you know any of that stuff because again the money just wasn't there every dime we were we knew that that we were going to have to go to China and and pay the money and pay for the travel and you gotta stay almost a month in country, mm-hmm. you know, which is expensive. And so yeah. And so n- not only the sacrifice with the kids on not being able to do the stuff that all of their friends are doing, but we couldn't even go out to eat. Courtney and I couldn't even have, you know, a date night. Uh and so we we figured a way around it. Mm. We we still had fun as a family. You know, we instilled Family game nights, you know, to where everybody, look, we turn the world off and it's just us here at this table with, you know, Settlers of Catan or Uno or, you know, Monopoly or whatever. It's just us. And then Courtney and I, we would make dinner, put the kids to bed, and then we would retreat to our room and eat dinner and watch a movie on the laptop as opposed to going out. And so we – there. look, God provides ways. The question is, is are you going to be vigilant or diligent enough to look for those ways? Friends, listen to what they're saying. They are learning themselves as well as teaching their kids how to give everything up for someone else. That makes me think of Jesus Christ. He gave up everything. He left his throne. He left his royalty. He left all of that to come and serve us. He gave it all up, ultimate sacrifice that he gave it all up for us. And now we can learn to be the same way. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be living sacrifices. And your kids learned it. Y'all learned it. People watching you saw it, saw it happen. And you're doing all of this for somebody you didn't even yet know. Right, right. And You so, don't know what the kids are like that you're getting yet. We don't. But, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, why did you adopt? And I tell them, well... God just told me where my kids were, and I had to go get them. In China. 
Yeah. 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 So, so back to the, the, the story, we, we um, moved forward and we kept trucking along and we kept fundraising. We kept, you know, putting one foot in front of another and it came down to uh, the day that we were to fly to China and we were still $8,000 short. Oh, no. no. We were we were driving to the airport. The airport was about two hours away from where we lived for the international flight. And uh, as we were driving... I uh, got a phone call. Courtney got a phone call. It was a church. I don't even remember the church. I, I really wish I... It was in the Dallas Metroplex, I think in Plano. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, they called and they said, we heard about you. And we heard that you guys are um, adopting... And they they knew our whole stories. I don't know who called them, but they said we want to offer you an eight thousand dollar loan, wow. an interest free no loan. loan. And so we pulled up into that airport, fully funded. There you go, ready to rip. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yep, friends, they gave it to the Lord. They're living sacrificially. They put skin in the game. They put their works and their faith together. And the Lord made things happen. They didn't just sit back and say, drop the child in our lap. They had to do a little bit to it in faith. They had to walk with expectation. They had to pray with expectation. And they had to do it. But the Lord made all the things happen that they couldn't do. This is a way, friends, this is all biblical stuff. This is all stuff in the Bible that you look at your life, you go, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. I give up. Well, wait a minute. Don't give up. Just turn it over to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to walk, and you're going to have to make it happen. But walk, yeah. and let's see what he does. So you're on your way. Yeah, God's an 11th hour kind of God, too. Just so. to see what you're going to do at that 11th hour yourself. If you're mm-hmm. going to still remain faithful or say, oh, forget it, and shake your fist at him like a lot of people do. I always say he, he answers you the day after you think you should have. Okay. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So you're on your way to China now. Now you're you're there. You got the all fully funded, and you're on the jet, I guess. And you're mm-hmm. you're going to go pick these kids up. Yes. Now what what's happening? Uh, you're 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 getting me curious. <laughs> what's well, happening here? I mean, I I was raised overseas, so I had been to China many times, and so it wasn't really a big deal. But man, it was a culture shock for Josh. I've been to Mexico on couple mission trips you know mainly border towns so yeah it was a it was a whole new world one of the cities that we were in obviously everything is ginormous there's people everywhere and i asked i said so how large uh is this city and they said well this is a smaller city uh there's 11 million people here they actually called it a village yeah an 11 million person village Village. and here we are houston houston at five million yeah okay and i was like oh my goodness where am i (laughs) (laughs) so we're on the so it it was uh it was a fun trip and um we we get on the plane to come back to houston and josh looked at me and he said i don't feel good he said i i can't really explain it i just don't feel good and I was like, yeah, that's great. Well, he's holding a kid and I'm holding a kid and I'm happen to, happening I happen to be holding the kid who screamed constantly. Yeah, the kid who would refuse to let me hold him. Mm. Uh so if if Courtney so much as tried to get up to use the restroom, he'd start screaming because he had tremendous anxiety mm-hmm. and separation and who can blame him? Right. <laughs> you know, these are some of the issues that we're dealing with. Yeah. Whereas I had the reserved stoic kid that just held everything in. 
You know, we know that he's scared and he's hurting, but he's refusing to show his cards to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So he he tells me that we get we land in Houston and he has a hundred and four temperature. Josh has a hundred and four temperature. We drive home, and by the time we get home, he's got a hundred and six. Wow. He kept that hundred and six fever for twelve days. Wow. He was um, in bed. He was pretty much comatose. Took him back and forth to the emergency room. They did all of the tests. They did spinal taps. They did, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And they they finally just, they looked, uh, the doctor looked at me and said, prepare for the worst. Wow. He's, I don't think he's going to come out of this. And they called in the CDC. They called in, I mean, we had everyone and it, and he was just a shell. He was so sick. And as he is so sick and I'm dealing with him, I've got two little boys who new ones, new ones. Yeah. Who have no idea what language I'm speaking, Mm -hmm. who don't look like me or anybody else and are now eating foods that they've never eaten before. Drinking water that they've never had before and bacteria that they're not used to. They're jet lagged. And basically I've just kidnapped them. And so they are losing their minds. And on top of that, I've, discovered I had intestinal parasites and I was crawling around the house on my hands and knees trying to care for Josh, trying to care for the children. And let me tell you something, Ray, that was tough. I bet. And I remember one day I crawled on my hands and knees to my closet and I shut the door and I just lost it. I cried and I cried and I cried. But you know what? There was this peace that came around me that went beyond on all understanding. There was no way in that moment why I should have been at peace and and totally okay with everything that was going on. And I yet I was. And I got up off the floor and I went back to work. You know, not actual work, but caring for my family. Right. And the Lord brought us through that. And so after twelve days of that, Josh, his fever broke. Just miraculously his fever broke. But the fever, I guess the fever, went into the whites of his eyes. His eyes turned blood red, and his eyes swelled to the point to where his eyelids could not close anymore. Oh, yeah, wow. I, I look like I look like a, a boxer that just really got dealt with in a bad way. It wow, was the wow, wow. strangest thing I've ever seen, and and he he lost his sight. Yeah, I lost vision in my right eye, and. Uh, it was terrible, and we were going to the doctors, and the doctors were scratching their heads going, man, we don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. And they said, you know what? We're going to refer you to this ophthalmologist. Actually, hold on. Okay. Because you, <laughs> you weren't with it through all that. Oh. I, um, I'm the one that knows. I remember. I know this I'll tell side. you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and let her tell the story. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, submissive wife I am. So, anyway, I I um, called the doctor's office, and I was like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I need help. I need you to admit him to the hospital. I need, you know, he can't see anymore. I'm explaining everything that's going on with him. And the doctor said, I'm sending you over to this ophthalmologist, and they can see you in an hour. Can you be there in an hour? I was like, yes, I will be there in an hour. We got there, and it was an ophthalmologist 
and he was from China. And he took one look at him and said, oh, that's a Chinese strand of blah, blah, blah. Here's some $5 drops. And within two days, his eyes were looked like they were back to normal. It took years for his vision to slowly return. Yeah, I still don't have some vision in my right eye, which is a real challenge. Because uh, you can see clearly with one and blurry with the other, and, and Courtney won't let me get one of those monocles, you know, like the, what the Monopoly man wears. So. <laughs> the peanut dude? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Peanut. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Just a single okay. monocle. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that— It looked good on you. Yeah. <laughs> so, trying to rein it in here. Gotcha. They, uh, Sorry, we're just being ourselves yeah, here. Good look. <laughs> so, we—that that was a picture of— and I would be lying, Ray, if I said that I didn't say, God, why did you call me to this? If you're just going to blow this up in my face. Why did you yeah. – yeah, why did you call me to to do this and then take my best friend away from me? Yeah. Because I was told he was going to die. Yeah. And, um, and he should have. He should have died. Yeah, we later found out that there are three different strands of malaria. There's your typical run-of-the-muck malaria because that's that ended up being what I had. Uh, your typical malaria that you can, you know, take some medicine for a week or so. I've had that. Okay. So from then, Nigeria, yeah. So then the second form of malaria will knock you down pretty bad and you're going to have to go to the hospital. And then there's the lethal form, uh, which is the strand that I had. Which so, you had, okay. So there's no reason why I should be doing this podcast But today. you turn this over to the Lord. Absolutely. I mean, really, what else could I do? Right. I mean, I was stuck in bed, lucid, you know, not really knowing what was going on. Uh, you know, while all the while Courtney was dealing with the the chaos uh, of the household and and, and uh, you know trying to take care of herself, uh, which was a challenge. But yeah, that's you know it's definitely definitely a God thing, and all you can do is just submit. Well, and you know, I, yeah, I asked God why did you do this, but not in a anger. I It was a legitimate question. Yeah, I mean, I was right. completely fine. It wasn't it wasn't me asking that in anger. I wasn't shaking my fist at him. I was okay with the plan. I just wanted a little more info, you right. know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some of y'all out there that are hearing us today, you're in your own little rut like this. God, why are you doing this? And I'm coming to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest on me. So when people come to me, Pastor Ray, I don't know what's going on. I had this, and they tell me these traumatic things. I have no answer for it. I always run to this verse, and I say, look, we don't understand God completely because we're not him. We, don't, we are finite. He is infinite. All I can tell you is that God does his best stuff when we're at our weakest, and we have to learn how to uh, trust him more through the weak times because when we have a little bit of strength, we still try to do things our own way, don't we? Yep. So he pushes us down into a little more weakness that our minds don't understand. God, why are you doing this? When his plan is to get you to trust in me even better than you were. Uh, Josh, you already threw it over to the Lord. The Lord, deal with this. Lord, do this. And you did that. But there's a new level coming. 
There's more things on the horizon. He had to get you to a place of, okay, you're really going to have to trust me now. But the only way he can get it to us is to squeeze it out of us. Mm -hmm. We had a a Bible professor, Josh. We went to Bible college together Mm -hmm. who used to say, when does a rose put off its best aroma? When you crush it. Absolutely. And so you put off your best aroma when you're crushed. So y'all were being crushed. Mm -hmm. Boy, were we. Certainly, you had a question, what's going on? God, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. But you're being crushed so that your aroma would be put off all the more, and also so you could receive what God was doing. Hmm. This is a good story, guys. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> this is good. This is real stuff. You yeah. know, j- just as you said, we don't always have the answers to the why questions. And a lot of people have a lot of questions of why. You know, and I tell folks all the time look, I, I don't have all of the answers, but what I can do is I can trust, and so can you. And so, you know, and that's what I choose. I choose to trust, knowing that his plan is better than my plan. And sometimes his plan doesn't look all that great to me because, again, I can only see to the end of my nose, and, uh, and he can see the big picture. I've got a verse here that was just handed to me, Second Timothy 2, verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We, endure, we endure tough stuff. You know, when I, I guess when I think of it is when we're put through the ringer, so to speak, that also puts us on display, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. Boy, does it. And then people notice you. And God gets glorified because now you're public. Right. <laughs> now you're, now he's, his work is being seen. So, Josh, you came out of it. Mm-hmm. God has – you're still alive. Still living. Still that living. means God has not broken any of his promises that what's coming. Correct. So now y'all are like, well, here we are. And we're still going on. The kids, I assume, started to adapt. They did. They did. It took about a year. And you know what, Ray? I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the things that I was doing was um, before God called us to adoption, that morning when I was sitting on my back porch, I actually was um, going to Liberty University. And I was um, going for my marriage and family counseling degree. And I was three classes away from graduating when the Lord spoke to me on that back porch. And I went to Josh and I said, I I don't know why, but I feel like the Lord's telling me I need to stop going to school. And I don't want to. I want that little piece of paper that says I completed everything. And he was like, yeah, you can take a break. And um, yeah, I took a break. It's been a while. (laughs) because. But Uh the thing is, is that the, the Lord allowed me in that place so that I learned everything I needed to learn to take care of people from hard places. And I was able to draw on everything that that I had been taught. And I didn't need the world's standard to tell me that I could do this. I needed the Lord's equipping. And and it I look back on it and you, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and you see see all of those things. And so anyway, so we are back to um I, I remember we were sitting in our in the backyard one day. And the kids were playing, all four of them were all playing in the backyard. And I looked at Josh and I was like, I feel like I can breathe now. Like I feel like we're smooth. Like this is the, the family is – we're good. You know, like everybody's acclimated. Everybody's – We've arrived. We, yeah, yeah, we're exactly. Here. We can sit down we're and done. take a breath now. And Josh said – Uh-oh. What did you do, Josh? So originally Courtney, the Lord spoke to Courtney – and said, you need to adopt. And Josh was, uh, no, we don't. If you recall from earlier as we were talking, you know, our oldest biological daughter, she had a dream. 
and she had a dream about Elizabeth. And that's what I'm still waiting on. Where's she? Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.